Yo, what's up? You're listening to Dead Air Hardcore Radio. We're going to do a throwback in honor of the Halloween season. We're going to go back to episode 52 where we talked to Jason Zink, director of slasher slash straight edge film titled Straight Edge Kegger. We're going to talk about how he combines the two scenes and uh, how he created his uh, low-budget horror movie, which is actually a very well-done piece of film, just very good quality for everything um, that's put into it. We're going to talk about basically just the process and everything. Um, When we talked to him, it was roughly last year when he was uh, putting the film into the indie uh, movie circuit, and now um, it is up for Blu-ray independently, which you can uh, search on the Straight Edge Kegger website. So check it out and uh, support everything that uh, Jason Zink does because it's really cool to have um, real punk and hardcore people involved um, in real DIY-style film work. So here's the interview, and enjoy. Have a happy and a safe Halloween. I'm freaking Straight Edge. So for the first time, like ever in just interviewing for radio and on this show, I get to just nerd out and talk about movies. I'm currently on the line with uh, Jason from Weird on Top um, Productions. You want to tell us a little bit about your role in this uh, in this uh, production company? Um, yeah, so I own Weird on Top Pictures. Um, and the name actually, a lot of people think this is neat, but the name comes from a David Lynch movie. It's, uh, um, this world wild at heart and weird on top. And they say that in uh, wild at heart and that's where I got it from. But we started this company, um, a few years ago. We've, this is our second movie that we've done under that banner. Um, but we pride ourselves on being like a DIY punk rock film house. Um, but it kind of collides with my obsession with horror movies. So that's why that's why they came together in this way. And today we're talking about straight edge kegger. First of all, that the the title um, for punk fans should say should say a lot about what you're going to uh, get in this movie. But uh, give us a, a short summary in your own words about uh, this film that you got. Um, so it's about uh, a young guy who has become disenfranchised with his group of somewhat militant straight edgers. And so he breaks edge and the gang doesn't really know any other way to react other than violently. But then the violence turns deadly at a house party. And so then everybody has to kind of dig in their boot heels and fight it out to the death. So it's a, it's a little bit of a, it's a crazy concept, but we tried to still base it in reality so at least it makes it the unbelievable kind of believable when you watch it and my very first question from the top are you yourself straight edge i am not straight edge um i was i would be considered straight edge for many years of my life but i at that time in my life i really didn't um, I didn't call myself straight edge or you know i mean i listened to minor thread i knew what it was but i still just didn't um, do anything to call myself straight edge, but I, for years and years, I didn't do anything. I still, I don't, I don't smoke. I, I really align with the majority of what straight edgers do and believe. Um, but I do drink alcohol. And what spawned first your passion for DIY punk rock or your passion for film? 
Oh man, that's a really good that's a really good question. Um, I think probably my passion for film came first. I, I was pretty young when I got hooked on movies and horror movies specifically. Um, my mom and my dad both contributed to that. Like my dad would always show me old Godzilla movies, and my mom would show me like Psycho and Hitchcock stuff. So I got hooked pretty early on, um, and it wasn't until I got into like skateboarding that I really started hearing a lot of good punk rock and then it made me just so you know when the internet blew up and I was able to start digging in and going like all right what song played in misled youth at this part and then all of a sudden I'd start listening to Black Flag with Keith Morris and then I'd keep keep digging so film first and then the film with like Stevie just kind of got me into punk and um how did you what first uh, made you want to collide these two worlds um, you know, I don't know. I guess it's just because they say to write what you know. And I, I've got all these scripts on the shelf. And it was the first idea that I had where, like, as soon as the idea popped in, I just got really excited about it because it's something that I, I really care about and I don't get to see in movies a lot. So, I mean, that was really it. It was just write what you know. And also the house where we film the majority of the, the movie and everything's graffiti and stuff like that's my house. So... I wrote it basically to what I had at my disposal, which is how we were able to get so much done for so, so little. And I'm just going to assume you've already seen this movie, but when is the first time you saw Edge of Quarrel? Oh, yeah. So I actually didn't know that that movie existed until, um, oh my gosh, when was it? So we had already done the mock trailer and we did the Kickstarter campaign. And during that, I met a straight edger who said, oh, it kind of sounds like Edge of Coral and turned me on to that. And so I went and bought a copy online and talked to the filmmaker. He's like the sweetest guy in the world. He's actually still making films. Um, but yeah, that was the first time I watched it. It was like after we had already developed the idea and I was actually scared when it was first brought up to me. because I was like, oh man, is it the same thing? And then I watched Edge of Coral and it's a totally different movie. So I was like, okay. I can breathe a sigh of relief. <laughs> yeah, it's a totally different thing, but I guess that, that kind of goes into my next question because the kind of the idea of at least because if uh, for those who, you know, haven't seen it at a, at a film festival yet, you probably only have seen the trailer. So from the trailer, um, I'm getting from at least the individual uh, the straight edge in question from the trailer, I'm getting a lot of Edge of Coral vibes, even though um, this is uh, based in present day, correct? Yes. Yeah. So what I'm, so my question uh, to you was, were you basing a lot of this uh, kind of this militant idea from? a kind of 90s straight edger uh, mentality because because I I don't know if, uh, how uh, you know in tune with a with a current uh, straight edge uh, person in their early mid 20s but I can say from my because I'm myself straight edge um, a lot of a lot of it's just online talking buying buying a lot of uh you know old 90s merch and talking a lot of shit with not really uh 
not backing it, not backing it up if they are like on that militant level. But what you have is a person who's actually so, uh, I guess, stone cold in his beliefs that he is he's actually backing it up with actions, even if it's not necessarily good. But he's he's backing up those words, which is more in an, in my mind for what I've seen from you know the mid from straight edgers in the '90s, the uh, from you know you know Salt Lake Midwest that that type of thing where they were actually like doing some hard shit and um, the news was covering it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's basically what we took it from. And, and the movie, even though it's based in today, um, I, I like a lot of old aesthetic stuff. So a lot of the cars in the movie are actually from like the 70s or the 80s. Um, a lot of the band references are from the 90s. And really, it does kind of go back to the the 90s stuff. And I, like the things that would be covered on like Gangland about FSU and stuff like that. It was basically going, how can we take some of those things uh, and those terrible things that people believed about straight edgers on the whole and turn it into like this genre movie, like an exploitation of of those things. So it definitely takes uh, its influence from the 90s stuff and what, what people believed about FSU, but then just tries to kind of blend it all together into this somewhat unrealistic uh, world that it is today in the movie. And uh, with that, there... Because we talked a little bit about Edge of Quarrel, so in Edge of Quarrel, there's kind of a resolution in this uh, in this movie where it kind of shows that punks and straight edgers both are just are kind of fucking stubborn. Like they both oh, yeah. is in this not to try to get too far into it and try to you know be negative or trying to, but is is in this movie because it's so unrealistic is it mainly trying to portray um the straight edge individuals in more of a gr- an aggressive negative light because this is a uh, at the root a you know a, a horror film um not in a negative light i don't i don't think so at all like that wasn't our intention we just tried to make it realistic why they would be doing this because if we, if we stuck with what we did in the mock trailer, because in the mock trailer, I think we kind of failed in, in what we were trying to do. It, in the mock trailer, it does seem a little bit mocking of the edgers, and that wasn't really what we wanted to do. We just wanted it to feel like a grindhouse trailer, um, but it came out mocking. And so we really didn't want to do that when it came to this movie because I actually do support the straight edge community. So all I tried to do with this is make these straight edgers believable, real people, it's not over the top. They're just your average, everyday straight edger. But the leader of the group is the one who makes all this happen. So it's not like all the edgers just say, sweet, let's go kill people because they're drinking. Instead, it's this guy who's got hurt feelings because his best friend just bailed on him. And so he is the one who is aggressive. And then when someone dies, then they're all kind of stuck. That, that was the whole idea behind it um sort of like um you know like in romper stomper something like that where it's not like these guys just say like let's just go kill people it sort of escalates in a natural way that's that's what i was trying to do and uh i i just 
going to the trailer. My favorite part, honestly, I do love the trailer, though. Like, I love how it starts out. Dude just goes and confronts the singer from the band. Hey, don't play Booze Hound. I love that fucking... I love the title of that goddamn song. That is great. A hundred percent. It's such a good song. <laughs> I love that. I love... I love that fucking title. That just in general. Just like... It's just like... That I'm, song... That, that song really, like, it sounds like it was made for the movie. And it's so funny because originally we didn't have it planned to even be used in the movie. Now it's the opening of the end credits and it's perfect, but... I have no idea why it wasn't the first song I thought of for that. <laughs> and uh, going on that, how did how did you uh, select the music for the film? Um, well, you always got to go local and as cheap as you can when you're working with such low budgets as I am. But, but really, I don't think I would have even tried to make this movie if I wasn't friends with the Ugly Bones guys. Um, and I met them just at a show. I, I went by myself to see Floppy Seconds in Chicago and... Uh, you know, my friend had to bail on me, so I was there by myself, and I was up in the balcony, kind of like miserable that I was there, and then Ugly Bones came up, and I couldn't even see him, but they, I heard Lev, the lead singer, over the mic say, like, it's okay, just hit him in the face, go ahead, hit him, and then, and then they started playing, and it like perked my ears up, so I went down, and I enjoyed the set, and then they walked through the crowd and handed out demo CDs, and I uh, introduced myself and told them that I made movies. And then uh, they came and played a house show at my house a few months later. And then we just, it slowly developed into a friendship. And if I didn't know those guys so well, and we didn't work together on music videos and stuff, then I probably wouldn't have even tried this movie because music was so important to it. And that the opening scene is all at uh, the subterranean, this big hardcore show. And so if I didn't have them, I really don't know what I would have done. I don't know how we could have pulled it off, but... So Ugly, Ugly Bones is a big um, backing track in the movie. But then some of the other stuff was just stuff that I already listened to or um, that I did discover while I was writing. Like, like Noose was, not only are those guys like the coolest guys in the world, and I'm so bummed that they're not <laughs> together anymore, um, but their their music was perfect for the movie. It literally, yeah. No, thinking when, when I saw that that was a uh, part of, um, just the lineup for the movie um, that that speaks to um, today's militant straight edge. Like that is like a yeah. hundred percent. Like that is like if you like that was the first time I think I saw like like seriously hard militant quotes on on band merch. Like oh, yeah. since the nineties. Like from that th- that perspective. Like I like. Like, and when I first, like, heard and saw that band, I was like, holy shit, I haven't seen, like, I haven't seen shit like this in a long time. So it's, so I think you picked, you couldn't have picked a better band on that end of the um, spectrum for your movie. Yeah, and they they were great to work with. They seriously were amazing. I could not speak any more of their praises. Uh, And I, the only thing is they, they didn't really have any merch left. Because that was the other reason I reached out to him, like, to see if I could use the music. But I was also like, I really want to put some people in new shirts. And they're like, oh, we don't really have anything anymore. So I had to go to eBay. And I was able to find, like, two or three shirts that we peppered in throughout the movie. Dude, I bet if you I bet um, if you ever have to do that again, something like that, merch swap. Say that you're making a movie. Mm, yeah. I would see where were you. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, 
Seriously? That would have been a good idea. Those there their kids out there that would that would that if they knew that they were their shirt was going in on a movie, they'd be like, I'm down. Yeah. So well, like what we tried to do, like with the straight edgers, I what they really seem more like to me is uh like anti fascist. That's really what these guys are. Like we put them in like like a, a vegan judge shirt, but then we'll put them in like an anti-racist action shirt or like an animal liberation front shirt. Like that was kind of my thing was like, like what do what do people that I know, you know, normally wear and talk about and support? I, I just wanted it to feel like they're very believable people, but then they get thrust into this very unbelievable situation about halfway through the movie. And uh, just going back to just like, the culture of punk and film um, not being like, like the, I know there's there's plenty of people who are filmmakers that are that are uh, you know fans of punk rock and hardcore and that scene, but d- it doesn't ever sometimes you know come to light on in their work, and you know same with yeah. actors and and people in the industry and the things that I've seen like so as far as the movies that. Besides yours, the only ones that come to mind are Green Room, SLC Punk, and um, and uh, yeah, Edge of Quarrel. Is there anything that I'm missing, and is there anything else that really influenced your, you know, punk filmmaking, or was it all just, you know, you in your mind, you, you know, you did what you, uh, you went with what you know, and you also like knew that there's like a huge void is that yeah. the mindset of of you know punk film out there well slc punk was definitely a huge influence i mean really on my whole life honestly but i, I love that first movie so much um but there are a lot more out there but but they are like you said they're very few and far between um and sometimes it's like a weird influence like you know when you have those like hardcore band screaming in the background of like American History X. It's, it's like it's not a punk movie and they're neo-Nazis so it's like, but but it still has punk influence and there's a lot of that stuff out there. But I was also influenced by like Suburbia. Uh, have you ever seen that one? Penelope Spiris? I actually haven't seen that, no. Oh, you need, you need to watch Suburbia. It's incredible. Um, but Suburbia like class of 1984 um, she also did a doc um, Penelope did um, called Decline of Western Civilization that was an influence on us um, I was actually just about to make like a list of like my top 10 punk rock movies but yeah but I do think that there's there's not enough of it and usually um, when I when I do see it it's, it's not an independent film almost ever like like I love I love Green Room but that movie cost 5.5 million dollars to make and so for me <laughs> yeah that's not punk. I was like how I'm sorry, what? I said, that's not punk. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And so I was like, you know, we're a DIY film house. We're like, everything about us tries, even our logo is like punk rock. So I was like, why would we not make one that tries at least to, to honor the community? And so the, and after Green Room came out, because I already wanted to make a punk rock movie, then I saw Green Room and I'm like, oh, well, shit. I mean, this, this is amazing. We can't match this. And I was like, well, they already tackled Nazis, so like, what can I still tackle? And as soon as I thought about Straight Edge, then 
that's where it was. And I legitimately thought it was probably the only movie that ever dealt with straight edge until I found out about Edge of Coral. But the thing about Edge of Coral, you have you have that now in like I've I've talked about it many times. Um, there was just there's so much that could have been done more with what you have you you have that as a as a kind of a thing of what can be improved on because there's also like going back the first time I watch it I think it's awesome it still is awesome but in there's things that they could have done a million times better like their live sets um seeing trial play live synced up to a <laughs> synced up to a pre-recorded trial track pre-recorded fr- from yeah, the actual yeah. from the actual album um and not even cl- being close to being s- synced up it's, it's yeah <laughs> you gotta give you gotta give people credit you got because like that's the thing is like that that guy who made that was like we are super independent we have nothing like i shot most of this on credit cards we had people who worked for free or totally way cheaper than they should and the same thing i'm sure went for those guys and they made that what like early 2000s or like maybe even late 90s yeah right it's like, around oh. that yeah late yeah, 90s so I'm, so I'm sure it, i'm sure they probably even tried to record that sound live and it and it just didn't work and we were very close having the same thing happen like i was basically saved by my guy who was doing the score his name's tim gick uh he was in a band called tv ghost for a while and um he still tours all over doing other stuff but but he's doing the score and i didn't have anybody set up to record live sound and he just volunteered it like i was scrambling to figure out what we were even going to do and he's like oh i'm i've recorded so many live bands like let me come up to chicago with you and i'll do it and he saved us because without that that's exactly what we probably would have had is just the recorded tracks from the cd and it wouldn't have been the same not at all so as part of the as far as the visuals and just like just comparing um your like style and of uh of movie to kind of green room what do you think that you have just as far as like uh just filmography just like and as far as like um I guess what I'm trying what I'm trying to say is, uh, do you think do you think this movie is probably bloodier than um, than Green Room? I you know what they're probably pretty equal. Honestly, I think we killed way more people, um, but in terms of the gore, it's yeah. I wasn't really looking for like a gore fest with this movie. I mean, as much as I do love gore, um, we wanted this to just feel real. Um, and kind of visceral so there's not blood being splattered all over like there definitely are those moments but um, I think we did something very similar where Green Room was caring more about the characters and they just wanted to tug at your heartstrings and we kind of tried to do do the same thing so we I think we killed more people because we kill over 20 people in the movie um, but you don't see like you know just blood gushing you'll see you'll see a little bit but we didn't go too crazy with it. Let's start, and so let's uh, move on and talk kind of about um, just the film um, festivals distribution because that's a lot of. Uh, so the first I saw, I think it was on Straight Edge Worldwide. They saw um, there was a um, picture of of your uh, of your guys' merch, the uh, the bloody keg, um, and there's 
you guys have you guys have some various merch for the for the movie and um some people were under the discussion of is this movie folklore because nobody's obviously if you haven't been to a festival yet you have not seen the movie do you like kind of that uh that initial hype that vibe of people you know like who haven't been to the festivals are like kind of are are talking about it in this way because it's it's so it's such a kind of a your movie right now is kind of a hidden treasure if you haven't seen it you haven't seen it if you don't know you don't know (laughs) yeah um you know what's funny about that i didn't know about that like i didn't realize that people were saying that on like straight edge worldwide or anything like i i i try actually not to keep up with what's going on on the internet with it like if people contact me and we do interviews and whatever if i see a review then of course i'll check that out but i just i'm already kind of hustling as, as much as i can with this film festival circuit and dealing with distributors that i'm kind of exhausted um so i think it's really cool that people are talking about it like that but i i hope that they uh come to realize that it's real and <laughs> and that they um will check it out when it comes out and actually and pay for it you know because this is really it is a labor of love with some of the most hardworking and broke people i've ever met and like if we can't make even some of our money back then like this might be the last movie we ever make which would be awful um but but we figured it was worth giving it a shot and and really doing our absolute best with it but it seems that it's uh as far as what i've been seeing it seems that it's been doing quite well at the places you have um had the chance to play it at yeah yeah i mean it has um the thing the thing is like you only go out and promote the things that are going well right so like for every festival that we get selected by and we get like five nominations there's another festival that rejected us that we really wanted to get in we just got rejected to so like there's that stuff too and and a lot of those fests are the big like market fest that could really change your life and Luckily, we've contact like some of those festivals have reached out to us and been like, "Look, man, I really loved your movie. Next time that you submit something, send it directly to me. Know that I am a fan, but you do not fit with this year's festival." And there's a lot that can go into that. Like, it could be because the Ranger just swept like through the festival circuit last year, um, and so they're like, "Oh, another punk rock horror movie." You know, I mean, there are so many things at play that you have no control over, and you're not sure, <laughs> you know what that means for the the outcome of your movie. So like we are, we're having fun going through the festival circuit, but it's very stressful. And we're dealing with a lot of distribution offers that are really like terrible, like vulture offers. So, so nothing that's made us jump at it yet. And we might even ultimately self-distribute. I hope not because that'll be another five years of exhaustion, <laughs> but, but that might ultimately be what we do. Well, I'm hoping no matter what, I'm, a hundred percent behind what you're doing. I'm more than excited to see this movie. And, um, you got a fan, um, just from the trailer alone. Um, I've been hyped about this ever since, uh, I got the, we got the confirmation to talk about this, uh, talk about this movie. I will be buying it. It'll be on, it'll be on my shelf next to edge of coral. I'm. Nice. I love the. I love the straight edge pit. I love the. I love the X hand. Uh, the bloody X hand pins. 
Um, and we and we are we're about to do a lot more stuff. We're about to do a new like faster, more punk rock trailer. We're about to do more posters. Um, we're, we're trying to show people a lot more of what's going on as we're kind of like waiting to see what happens with the movie. Um, and you'll be happy to know that we were smart enough this time that we had somebody film a behind the scenes documentary. So there's like a 56 minute documentary of the shooting of the movie. That's, and that'll be that'll be on and that'll be on the DVDs and Blu-rays for sure. That's hella dope. Um, and just like, yeah. Um, thank you for thank you for your time. Just to um, I hopefully because you guys did a, a film festival in uh, Portland at one point, right? I think that yeah, that was, was our, that was actually our very first festival. Um, we kind of did it in like reverse order. Like all the other films that played there, that was the end of their festival runs. And we just, we happened to submit at a weird time. So that was our very first selection. <laughs> so the uh, first one flew out to Portland and had a great time. And on top it was of programmed very well. On top of that, just like kind of that, just the word getting around. Um, there's also people that are, that are also like, you know, who have contacted you, who, who have contacted you who are also spreading the word about the movie just like i've seen in these message boards just people talking saying like you know like don't worry they will have this you know at some point he you know he's like i've talked to the director the director uh myself they're gonna have this film because people are people definitely like if they don't like they're if they don't know they're going to know like they want they there's there's definitely a want for this yeah, I, I hope so, man. And I, and I hope people, you know, we've gotten almost nothing but good reviews. And I know the bad's coming. Um, and, like, the one bad that I actually saw, the guy, all he did was compare us to Green Room. And I, and I get that. And, like, that's, that's an honor, honestly. But he had no, uh, there was no, like, acknowledgement of, like, it's a $5.5 million movie. We spent less than $36,000. And that includes the film festival run and traveling and stuff. So basically we got a $30,000 movie and it's not perfect. Um, I, I love this movie and I think we made something pretty incredible, but um, I, I also think that you need to kind of see it as what it is. It's a bunch of indie filmmakers doing their absolute best that they can, you know? Um, so I hope the year long buildup doesn't make people hoping for green room too. We can't probably combat that one, but, but I think we made something pretty cool and I think we made a punk rock horror movie that has more heart than most horror movies can claim to have. And uh, how much has been like, how much people have been entered um, just in the indie films circuit have been introduced to Straight Edge through uh, seeing your film? Because, like I said, it, Green it Room has, has no, yeah, Green Room has nothing to do with like. There's no really reference to Straight Edge, and some of the others mm. have no reference to Straight Edge, so. Yeah, how much? How how many people have been introduced to uh, to that I am, culture? I have been so surprised by that. Like, I knew that I know more about this community than the general public does, but I did not realize how many people were still going to go to watch our movie, but didn't have any understanding of what Straight Edge was. Um, that that has really surprised me. I mean, it's been the majority of people but then but then you have these little pockets of like punk rock kids that show up because it's a straight edge movie so 
there's definitely both. But for the most part, especially at festivals, it's people that have no idea what this is. And they actually, all they think is like straight edge, straight edge razor. And that's it. And it's only <laughs> from the movie that they understand what straight edge is. And uh, that's, I think that's a, that's a cool thing. Like you can be a definite, uh, these films also can be a definite introduction to the world of DIY for somebody mm-hmm. who's, uh, you know, checking out checking it out from a from a film perspective yeah well i honestly i hope that it kind of shows some people that you just you should just do it yourself i mean no matter what that means if it's like making your own candles or it's making your own films or music or whatever it's like we really are i'm a punk rock kid that's how i was raised and i have nothing and i didn't go to film school and i'm still struggling but i'm out there doing it and i you know every day i my emotions it's like a it's like a wave you know up and down of should i give up on my dream or should i keep going but i think ultimately i keep pressing on because i I think my life is constantly better for it you know and i i think it's really cool to have the film go out and teach people about stuff and also see what we did for so little like i hope it I hope it encourages some little punk rock kid to be like, you know, I could do that better. I'm going to make my own movie, you know? I think no matter what, you're going to have um, some definite um, fans of this movie. Uh, I feel like at least, at least a good, a good cult following from the, from the community. Cause I think there's still like a huge, um, you know, correlation between like, just like, punk rockers and watching independent films like me and my friends spent if we weren't you know at if we weren't at shows and we weren't um you know at work we were or out in the rest of the world we were watching horror films at home yep yep me too that's exactly how my group was well it is really Yeah, my group hasn't hasn't grown up that much either. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but uh, thank you once again for your time. And uh, is there anything you would like to say in closing? Um, well, I want to say thank you so much for having me on. This has been a total blast. I love talking about this stuff, and you've been great. Um, but yeah, if people could support us by you know just following us on whatever anti-social media you use, you know we have a Straight Edge Kegger Facebook page. People can always um, reach out to me. Uh, I, I'm really kind of the only one um, doing the social media stuff. So if people reach out and I lack in response, please remind me. I'm not trying to ignore anybody. I just may be slow to respond. Uh, but I'm an open book. People can reach out and ask me anything or. Um, uh, and, and if you and if you look at that on the website weirdontoppictures.com then you can basically stay in touch on what we got going on but please support it please pay for our movie and other independent films I'm sure at some point it's going to wind up for free out there but you can, you can watch it for free all you want but please buy a copy still because it will go a long way supporting a guy who is just trying to make the next movie <laughs> This is yeah this is a rare gem people like this is this doesn't this doesn't come very often don't don't make it uh don't make it to where there's not another film like this for another decade this is this is some (laughs) this is some cool shit so make sure to support it and uh hopefully if i don't get to see it at 
you know, when the festival before uh, festivals are done, I will watch this damn movie and get to uh, and get to give my full my full uh, review um, very soon. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So we're gonna we're gonna play some music from the film Muggy Bones and from Noose. We right back. You're listening to Dead Air, two hours of hardcore radio. Hope you enjoyed that Dead Air throwback. Make sure to check out Jason Zink's production company titled Weird on Top Pictures. You can check out all the info for Straight Edge Kegger. It's going to be on the Shutter app um, very soon. I need to really uh, download that. I need to catch up on a lot of horror films that I have not checked out. I've really been slacking. But once again, I hope you have a happy and safe uh, Halloween. We will uh, be back soon with another uh, regular episode of Dead Air. We'll hopefully post um, stuff about, um, post like some more throwbacks in the future. But in the meantime, check Dead Air out on Instagram and Twitter at Dead Air NWCZ. Go to Dead Air, um, Dead Air Hardcore Radio.com, Facebook.com slash Dead Air Hardcore Radio, and send us an email, Dead Air NWCZ at gmail.com. Stay safe, everyone.